All right, uh, this is Liner Notes. I'm Matthew Van Zant, and I'm here with Megan Whitney. Good to be and, here. Yeah, we're, today we're talking about uh, the 2016 album Blonde by Frank Ocean. Um, so Blonde is, uh, I suppose, uh, it's alternative R&B, I think you would classify it as, as. It doesn't really stick to a singular genre exactly, but it's probably the closest, but... Um, so the, I wanted to talk about the, the release of this album a little bit. So uh, after Frank Ocean's first uh, studio album, Channel Orange, he kind of like dropped off the face of the earth for about four years, like had no social media presence or anything. And then um, he kind of started to like post hits or, or was it, he might've, was it just out of the blue? Cause he released Endless one day and that was like a visual album that he did where um it's i think you can only get it on like dvd and also through apple music in the form of like a music video but it's like video of like i think a bunch of dudes like working like woodworking and that kind of thing <laughs> with the album playing behind it i haven't uh watched it myself but i've heard about it i haven't seen that either. and then uh i think the day afterwards he dropped this album just out of nowhere and it was uh, a big deal. I wasn't, I had been following music when this dropped, but just hearing about it from people who were. Uh, um, so you, you mentioned you were a big fan of Frank Ocean. What's, uh, were you listening to him when this album released or did you kind of find out about it uh, later on? Yeah, I actually wasn't, um, I knew, I only knew a few of his songs. Like I wasn't a big fan of his until after Blonde came out. I knew a few songs off of Channel Orange. Of course, I knew um, the, I can't even think of the name of it now, but it's the big one that was like everyone, um, it was kind of a meme. The Thinking About You? Yeah, yes. That's the yeah, one I, remember, I remember, I remember when I... Yeah, the vine. Yeah, when I listened to it the first time, I had seen the vine before and didn't realize where it was from. <laughs> I just had a moment of, hold on, that's like that's where I came from. That's and I was just surprised by that. Yeah, yeah, I think I had I had known that song before before the vine, and then the vine came out and it ruined it for me because it was such a good song. But then it's a good song. I, I mean, the yeah. rest of my life was a potato. You know? Yeah. Um, and I mean I knew, that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Pyramids is another big one from that one that I think that was the other big single. Yeah. And I liked, um, I know it's like not a very well-known one, but the other one I really liked from Channel Orange was Forrest Gump, because, or I think it's maybe just called Forrest, but because Forrest Gump is like my favorite movie, but the song yeah. itself is a good song and I think it like does a good job of like paying homage yeah. to that. So. And I know it has other like meanings too behind it, but yeah. so uh, I only know... I knew those two songs and then um, I think I didn't really like listen to him other than that. And then after Blonde came out, I had a friend in high school who was like, she was a huge Frank Ocean fan at that point And she like was in love with Blonde and she would listen to it all the time. So I think after that, cause I, there was a period where I started really getting into alternative R&B. And then I think after that was when I like started listening to Frank Ocean stuff, like all of Blonde and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think for me, how it was, is I, I had heard of Frank Ocean before, but I never really listened to much of his music before. I don't think I had, had really listened to any of his stuff other than maybe like, uh, I again, the Vine. Sure, yeah, <laughs> I, right. I had heard, but I didn't realize it was him. But I just heard, um, once I joined the station, I heard people just talking about how amazing this album was. And I think 
it was during uh, finals week last semester. I was just trying to study and I just put it on and I just, I just couldn't focus because I was just listening to it. And I meet like, no, like it was the thing where the first time I listened to it, I knew I liked it, but I didn't realize how much I liked it until I kept mm-hmm. listening and right. listening. And now it's like, I think I got, I got a last FM account around the same time. I'm, I checked it a minute ago and Blonde is my most listened album by a landslide. Like, really? it's not even close. Wow. Like, there are some of my other albums that I say are, like, some of my favorite albums. Like, I th- I think part of that is I used to listen to it, listen to those more previously, but I've just listened to this, like, so many times. It's just easy to put on and uh, just... You, I put it on and then it ends and I don't really feel like changing it. It's <laughs> right. that good. I just, yeah. Um, but yeah, so or I wanted to talk about uh, the first track, Nikes, a bit. Okay, cool. So the, um, the f- it kind of starts out with those pitched vocals that are mm-hmm. kind of weird for the first few minutes of the song. Uh, and... Uh, something that uh, it honestly kind of reminded me of it or this this album didn't come out for a few years but it reminds me a bit of the the pitched vocals that are used a lot on Igor just since uh, I know like Tyler and Frank have like a big relationship just being like both being from Odd Future and I think uh, it's hard to tell but I'm pretty sure you can hear a little snippets of Tyler's voice on the last track of this album at least I'm pretty sure that's him. It may not be, but he, think, he's yeah. at least mentioned. Mm-hmm, but, right. Um, yeah, that might have been, inf- or Igor might have been influenced by that a bit. Uh, but yeah, there's just very weird pitched vocals. And then uh, he comes in about three minutes in with the uh, the normal vocals, I guess, kind of. And it's kind of, uh, <laughs> I'm blanking a bit, but. Uh, he has like a kind of fast verse, I guess, coming into it, and mm-hmm. I'm talking about things like um, the the song's really mostly about just people really just being interested in him for his money and not really wanting to get to know him as a person, and him wanting more of a real relationship with someone who actually legitimately cares about him and doesn't right. just want his money and fame. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also little things of like, I think towards the end, it gets into being interested in someone who he kind of tells can't, isn't really interested back. He's, I guess she or whoever it's about is probably dating someone else at the moment. But lyrics like, uh, I'm not him, but I mean something to you and things like that. Like, yeah. I think that's a really important because um, I, I, wrote, I wrote down in my notes when I was listening to this was... Um, like, um, cause it, I forgot that Frank Ocean was openly like bisexual. Cause obviously that's a yeah. big theme of this. Um, but I, I didn't write down the exact line that says it, but, um, there's some line towards the end of the song that like it's he, him pronouns. And so it's, um, yeah. something about guys. So I just wrote that down. Cause I think that's an important thing that he's, yeah. I mean, as I said, I think that's a big like theme of the album blonde, like him being, um, openly bisexual. So. Yeah, and I, even like little things like, so the the album most of the time when you see it written in text, it'll be spelled B L O N D E, which is the feminine uh, spelling. But on the cover itself, it's without the E, which is the masculine 
um, spelling of that word. And I think that kind of reflects that aspect of the album. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of re- representing that a little bit. Um, there's definitely, I, there's other songs on this album that I definitely wrote down, like very specific lines that kind of like play with that, um, yeah. like the bisexuality too. Yeah. Um, like it, it's kind of some some songs it's kind of hard to tell like where who he might be talking about or because mm-hmm. it, right. it's implied it's it's probably multiple people get discussed throughout this album like yeah um, yeah not to insinuate that it's like he's talking about one specific guy or whatever but i just remember yeah. like at the end of nike's as i said i don't i didn't write down what line it was but there's something yeah. that's like pretty explicit yeah um and then uh, I guess moving into uh, the next track on the album, uh, Ivy. Yes. I wanted to talk about that a bit. So um, I think one of the major themes of this album is also just kind of growing up and uh, losing losing your innocence a little bit and changing as you get older and reflecting on your past and things like that. And this song is very much about someone he was with when he was a lot younger and then kind of reflecting on that relationship and like mixed emotions towards it and things like that. Um, like him basically understanding if they, they hate him, but also feeling that there's still something there, mm-hmm. not what it used to be. Uh, yeah, this definitely used to be one of my favorite, um, past favorites on the album. Like I remember when I first went through Blonde, this is definitely one of my favorites just because like you said, it. I think it was the nostalgic feel of it kind of like I don't know I love like the theme or the aesthetic of nostalgia and anything like films music whatever and I think um it did a really good job of like the lyrics and the um kind of like I don't know beach I don't know to me it sounded kind of beachy like the guitar in it um had this kind of like bittersweet nostalgic feel to it yeah I I really like that about it and just kind of ivy itself representing like just ivy is a plant taking lots of time to grow and you have like ivy league colleges is something that's been around for a while and kind of grown and developed a bit kind mm-hmm. of adding yeah. to that theme right um yeah let's see I think I just checked this a minute ago but I uh, I forgot again uh okay no it's the next one um do so we want to talk about uh pink and white next sure yeah i have notes Um, on that yeah i think this this song kind of uh continues that theme of uh just reflecting on relationships when he was young and things like that and just when he was a lot more carefree and not really worried about too much and I think this uh, this one was was like the first song on the album. There's several songs that have kind of like religious uh, tones in them, like more poetic lyrics. I mean, I don't I don't know anything about Frank Ocean's personal life. My guess is he probably grew yeah. up um, in a religious household. Yeah, um, and so I think that um, that probably comes into a lot of his stuff because there's a lot of uh, there's several songs that have um, like church organs. I think yeah. in it. Um, I don't know if it was this one, maybe not, but um, yeah, I think that was, that was one of the things I wrote down. Yeah, and I think a, a minor thing is there. There are a couple of people that um, 
that show up on this that you wouldn't really think would be on there. Like um, the main was Beyonce mm-hmm. actually has backing vocals in this song. <laughs> I didn't know. Which is, yeah. I didn't even realize that until now. So yeah. Yeah, I always I always really like it when like songs like secretly have like a really really famous person on them, right. but you're just it's not really no because it it's doesn't interrupt the song because like i feel like if this was marketed as like pink and white featuring beyonce or something that might have kind of uh put more attention on her but it's really um frank's message and kim trying to kind of uh tell a story and she Mm -hmm. yeah not taking too much attention away from that um yeah and then uh, moving on, I kind of wanted to talk about um, the the little interludes throughout this album. The first one being "Be Yourself," yeah, uh, it's the fourth track on the uh, the fourth track on the album is kind of the um, I guess it's supposed to be his mom, presumably just warning him to stay away from drugs and alcohol and actually, like um, I looked I looked it up, and apparently the 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 woman that's speaking in the audio is not actually his mom it's actually one of his childhood friends mom uh, that was like a i don't know i guess he was like mother to him too which is interesting because i saw like a tweet where yeah. someone was talking about or a lot of people were saying things about it being frank's um mom and then frank's brother was like it's not our mom yeah <laughs> and he was like oh it's our childhood friend's mom but that's what i was actually curious as to what the purpose of like that because obviously if he included that that woman had to have had some meaning in his life i didn't know if like maybe something happened to the friend or i don't know but i think or i think the track itself um thematically it's kind of meant to contrast with uh the next song solo which has lots and lots of uh drug references i wrote that down exactly like the contrast between like be yourself is about don't do drugs don't do drugs don't do drugs and then literally like the first line of the The first couple lines of solo are talking about him doing weed and exactly literally the first one of the first or second lines he says gone off tabs of that acid so yeah (laughs) uh and i i was going to say that it's presumably this is uh referring to him when he was about to go off to college but uh like later on in the track list like White Ferrari talks about him uh, like driving around when he was 16 and uh, there's a line about dilated eyes that I'm assuming at least one of the people in the car was on something at the time. So <laughs> right, maybe sure. maybe a bit late for that warning. Uh-huh. But, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I wanted to talk about Solo. When I, when I first listened to this album, Solo was, or I think I'd heard uh, so this is a bit of a tangent, but I listen to a lot of like musical mashups, like just kind of funny stuff that people thought would be, oh, it'd be funny if we put these two songs that have nothing to do with each other together and it's weird mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think I had heard a snippet of the vocals from this song um, in one of those. And that was like my first exposure. And I think that might have piqued my interest in it a bit just because of the, like, the vocals on this song are incredible. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but when I first listened to this album, this was like easily my favorite track. It's just, it blew me away the first time I heard the full thing. And this kind of story about, um, like at the beginning, it's kind of, uh, him like wishing he wasn't on his own. And then when he's with someone, it talks about, I think they're, it's talking about like a friend 
who um he's like he had a kid with a woman and he's kind of wanting to be on his own and be solo and she's wanting him to stay there and help raise the kid and things like that and just like it, it contrasts like at first at the beginning like them like kind of being together just alone in the car and then uh it's contrasted with a verse later in the song about him just sitting there alone just staying up until his phone dies just kind of yeah now that now that he finally is solo he's wishing he wasn't again it just yeah um, yeah, I was gonna say I, you definitely like analyze that way deeper than I listen because as I said, I have trouble like analyzing yeah. song to the lyrics sometimes. But I know I, I was just sitting there listening like, whoa, you're totally right because I didn't even yeah. I wasn't even paying attention. The only stuff I wrote down for like lyrics on that was just I. There were definitely some like metaphors about his bisexuality um, in there because I wrote down yellow is kind of like in between red and green. Yeah. Um, and again, with the contradictions to be yourself, like the reference to highways, red lights, red eyes. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a lot of talk about him, like smoking weed with different people in the song as well. Yeah. Um, um, and then there's more religious tones in this one. Cause there's the church. I really like the church organs in this one. Yeah. And the, 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 there's hell on earth in the or it's yeah it's in hell there's heaven in hell in hell there's heaven yeah. i wrote that down because i think that line was super clever just because i like i don't know i notice more like when lines are super like have like poetic qualities so that yeah. like little rhyme or it's not really rhyme i don't know what you call it but that With the play on words yeah and of. play on words yeah that was good yeah um let's see Let's see. I don't. I don't know that I have a ton to say about Skyline Two. It does have a bit of wordplay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I guess it's just kind of reminiscing about just staying up and uh, like being with someone just in the car at night and things like that. I'm not exactly sure what it's supposed to be about, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I wrote down too much about lyrics yeah. or theme on this one, but I. I did, I do like this song just because I think it's a good example of like, especially the vocals are really, um, I don't know, just to me, they're a good example of like a classic, not classic, but a, a solid like R&B song. There's a lot of like vocals in there. I don't know. Yeah. That was um, reminiscent of. Um, yeah. I think I I just I just now saw this, but I think it was all uh, the song was also uh, co-written by Tyler the Creator as well, which I didn't realize. Cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, just little things like that. Um, and the 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 next song I really do want to talk about because this is one of my favorite songs. But uh, self control is really fantastic. Uh, I, it again starts off with the pitched vocals a little bit like on Nike's, but only for mm-hmm. a little bit. Right, and then it kind of comes in with that uh, that really nice guitar, um, guitar chords in the background. I really, yeah, really like that ripped back uh, like guitar that isn't in a lot of the other songs. Like it's more um, just acoustic. I yeah. think more stripped back. Is, yeah, and this, this is probably a, a kind of a weird comparison. But when I first heard it, um, I don't know if you've heard the Jimi Hendrix song "Little Wing." 
but the, I may the guitar on this song just kind of reminded me of that just kind of the I mean, I, I'm a guitarist, so I guess I can, I'm kind of more familiar with I those say, aspects of you probably know it. way more about that than I do, but, but um, yeah, just I the, just know the guitar. There's <laughs> the, kind of the tone and the fancy, like, pull-offs and things like, like, it, the, technically it sounds kind of, it kind of reminded me of that song a bit, which I liked. Um, but uh, this song is really about, I guess it's about... Uh, him being in a relation, he was in a relationship that he knew was going to have to end at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That he knew it wouldn't last long, but still trying to make the most of it. And I think she, she, uh, or it may be he, I'm not sure, but whoever the song is about, I think in my head, certain songs I, I attribute with masculine, like men or women, uh, I'm not sure what it's who it's about, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason in my head, I always thought about this being about a woman. I think because um, it well, it might be because like one of the lines in there I wrote down says, um, "Little virgin, where's the white?" So yeah, that's like a yeah, presumably because the the white and the metaphor was the the wedding dress kind yeah, of traditionally yeah, being for sure, uh, for sure yeah. to represent virginity. So I think, yeah, this, yeah. to me, yeah, I think this would probably more likely be about a relationship with a woman, yeah. but. Um, but just kind of when she, there's a line about uh, I'll sleep between y'all and kind of representing how he'll kind of stay with her in her mind, just because that experience kind of shaped who she was to an extent, mm-hmm. even in her future relationships and things like that. And Yeah. I like the line, um, he says, wish we'd grown up on the same advice. And I think that kind yeah. of like, as you were saying, he knows that it's not going to last and he knows that um, they're just kind of like, there's this conflicting things that is going to keep them from being together. So I like that line yeah. too. Um, let's see. And then the next, or I guess it, it's kind of an interlude and kind of not because the the first part of the song is just singing and then uh after that there's a little clip of a couple dudes talking and uh it has the little there's the little like there's the same instrumental that's in the background of all the different interludes throughout this song uh, throughout this album like the little organ tune you can hear mm-hmm. in the background uh but that's only towards the back half of this but i guess this is um let's see kind of in a relationship uh and he's feeling like he's more he is more present in the relationship than the other guy is i guess Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like he's more invested which is definitely another big theme that comes up on a couple of tracks specifically white ferrari i'm gonna get into a bit um but yeah, so that that song is just a it's just kind of like a short one minute thing, but it still manages to kind of say a lot even in that short amount of time, which is something I really really like about this album. There are a couple of songs that just say so so much in like a minute. In 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 particular, we're going to get to the solo reprise in a minute in a little bit, but that uh yeah, just managing to do so much with so little. Both it it does that in terms of time and then also just in terms of the instrumentation songs like solo just having such spare instrumentation but still managing to be so potent and powerful Mm -hmm. right yeah i wrote down that it like this one definitely is notable for its 
very bare instrumental and that like I don't even know what you would call it I just wrote down it has like a roughly recorded feel that's yeah, very yeah. vague um and then the line like you text nothing like you look like saying that yeah. there's a disparity between um like his language and the effort put in versus yeah. like his attractiveness physically yeah um then uh so the next one is nights which is I think definitely. this is probably the biggest single yeah. off the album. This is one of my favorites as well. A classic. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites too. It was definitely one of my favorites at first, like when I first yeah. went to it, um, for obvious reasons, I guess, just yeah. because the transition in it is like, well, it's funny because it, it took me a little bit because every, obviously everybody loved the transition and everybody talked about it. And at first yeah. when everybody was hyping it up, like I didn't get it because it took me several listens for it to really hit me but then when it did it was like life-changing almost it was like I couldn't listen to it this I think at first I didn't I think when I first listened to it I didn't initially recognize that it was the same song I thought it was legitimately just like a different song although I guess I should have realized because it uses like the same melody and Mm -hmm. some of the same lines as well I guess I haven't thought a ton about the lyrics behind this track. I'm sure they're, they're like, I could tell there's something there, but um, I guess kind of about just uh, spending like every night with someone and just the kind of the night to night experience of uh, having to work late and um, uh, just spending time with this person at the same time. Uh, Just yeah. Every night like that. And I think I, I I don't I haven't fact checked this I don't know so take this with a grain of salt I don't know this for sure but I think I heard someone mention that the the beat switch up uh, on nights happens exactly on the halfway point of this album which I think is really oh, cool that's the kind of, it, and I know the album itself is is exactly one hour and zero minutes long so it would have to happen exactly yeah i saw that that's really cool in that case the 30 minute mark yeah right which i think would be even that would be pretty incredible if that's true i mean mean, he like this this album is it's a masterpiece you can tell he just he paid so much attention and right to all the little details of this album and it's just incredible it's so dynamic yeah like and no something else I wanted to talk about is that a lot of music, it's kind of like there's there's music theory and there's rules about like timing and everything. But something I kind of noticed about this album is it's less focused on that. It kind of it's kind of more loose, if that makes sense, like not worrying too much about sticking exactly to the meter and more yeah. focusing on how it sounds and how the message is portrayed and Hill of Cards where he'll like leave out uh, a beat where there would normally be one or he's slightly off beat or something but it just kind of it feels very loose which I really like and I haven't heard a lot of music that's like that which I and I like cool. um I like too how like as well as like the the actual instrumental like some of the vocals on some of the songs I wrote down like um there's times that there's like lyrics overlapping like in Skyline 2 it does that yeah. um and also there's several songs I would have to go back and try to find which one, like for example, on solo, there's times when he kind of 
um, like speaks the words in kind of this like low monotone yeah. uh, voice instead of like singing it. And I think um, that like in Skyline too, um, when he says like smoke and haze, like it really, I don't know, to me um, that like emphasizes certain points more to me because that reminds me of um, like, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Drake. Um, and in a lot of Drake yeah. songs, he does um, a lot of that kind of, I don't know, it reminds me of Drake's voice. And so I love that kind yeah. of like emphasis on um, like speaking things instead of singing it. Um, yeah. And I think he, he does uh, interesting things with like rapidly switching between rapping and spoken word and uh, singing sections and things like that. A mm-hmm. lot of the time in the same song, just where you don't even really notice that he's changed up his style like that um but for yeah. sure yeah so no do we want to talk about uh the solo reprise sure yeah i have some i have yeah. some, a few notes this, on this was like this is one of my favorites as well because the um yeah, mine too. it's just all it is is just a ver- like a it's a verse by andre 3000 that it sounds like it was recorded on like a tape recorder or something with just mm-hmm. like very low recording fidelity but he manages to put so much into that one minute of yes, rap. It's exactly. just incredible. like, um, just kind of like, I, I haven't listened to a ton of outcast, but this, this song did make me check them out just it because of his delivery. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I need to listen to them more, but I really, really like what I've heard, but just, um, one of the big things he talks about on this track is like, he's been in it for like, um i guess over 20 years but at the point that this album was recorded but just still like he has the lyric about still feeling like a kid looking like looking at all the other kids uh just when he's like but i guess been grounded for the rest of the summer and just kind of that thing of like no matter how old you get you still kind of feel like a kid like uh, as someone who's like just or I guess I'm where I'm back in my parents' house at the moment because of uh, certain circumstances. But when I moved out, it's just kind of like, even though I'm an adult, I still kind of feel like a kid just kind of trying to figure my things out and just kind mm-hmm. of that aspect of no one really, really has it figured out. They they might act yeah. like they do, but yeah. no one really knows what they're doing. I definitely um, agree with that. And just... Uh, things like that and i'm trying to think there are other things i wanted to talk about with this verse because he packs he packs so much into it uh, i cannot even like imagine how skilled someone has to be to be able to put that much in there but just yeah i think it, yeah i think the the vocal like the his rap like his lines definitely like match the energy of the like the piano in it is super deep like all the yeah. notes and the piano are super deep and obviously the beat like it's really hard um and to me it kind of has like a tribal feel at the beginning um and i was like i just wrote down that the silence at the end was super impactful to me yeah it's hitting so hard the whole time and then it it's just it ends for the you just hear the last chord just kind of ringing out for like 10 seconds right and then you kind of hear the click of like the recorder being turned off things like right. that yeah that, that just that, like kind of like very cut off like aggressiveness just, yeah, um, it, just lit, it just makes my jaw my jaw drop honestly exactly just As opposed like, to the way, wow yeah the rest of the album flows so nicely 
I, I feel it's like. Just, yeah. And then this one is very... It just blows yeah. me away whenever I hear it. Me too, yeah. Um, let's see. I don't, or I don't have a ton to say about this next one, but uh, Pretty Sweet is just kind of, it's a very, like, chaotic yes, instrumentation towards the beginning. Chaotic. Like, there's not much I've heard that's like it. It's just so many different, like, strings and things just all mm-hmm. crashing together, and he's kind of, like, um, almost shouting at the beginning the stuff, yeah. and then it kind of mellows out a little bit and goes back into more of, like, a a more a slightly more normal flow but just a very very chaotic at the beginning of that that was yeah that basically like matches everything i said because my notes for this all over the place because i wrote the first thing i wrote i don't know even what this means but i said emo question mark question mark question mark <laughs> i don't know what, what that means yeah. I guess thing, like he's yelling at the beginning so it sounded pretty emo and then yeah. it kind of has again it's like a mix of all kinds of things because it's like emo at the beginning and then it has the religious tones but it's like very cacophonous like it has these off-pitch choir voices it's almost like a fever dream kind of to me yeah um and then the electronic sound that comes in towards the end surprised me and then him adding the kids voices i think that's like a classic thing that a lot of like r&b and hip-hop artists do adding like kids choir in there but just like it's kind of as you said it's like all over the place as far as what it is and uh the next the next song uh is facebook story which is kind of a meme at this point i think i heard about there were a couple of people who did a show where all they did was just play facebook story for the entire hour (laughs) (laughs) which i really thought just this i don't know it's just kind of a it's almost kind of it feels kind of anticlimactic if that makes sense yeah i yeah i wrote down two things for this and the first thing was foreshadowing question mark because it's funny because obviously this album came out way before facebook stories or even a thing which i know it's not the same thing obviously I just thought yeah. that's funny. And then I just wrote, I don't know how to feel about this track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of, like, I guess just this dude, I think he's, like, he may be, like, a dance producer, I think. Um, let's see. Sebastian, yeah, he's a he's a French uh, electronic musician. But, yeah, he's just kind of talking about this experience where he's dating someone for three years and then... He refused to get on Facebook, uh, and she thought he was cheating because of it. And then he, at the end of it, he's just kind of like, "Yeah, that's it. That's all I have." <laughs> well, <laughs> just, sorry, bro. Like, yeah, okay. I I don't know what it really has to do with the rest of the album, but I I find it kind of funny. Um, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Uh, the next track I wanted to talk about is uh, "Close to You," which is another one of the songs I feel like does a lot with a, like very small amount of time because mm-hmm. i i really like the the instrumental on this track just kind of feeling like kind of dark in a way and intimate and um i really like the the song about it's, it's kind of it's kind of about him just getting older and uh like not sure like time taking its toll on him basically in this relationship he's having. And I really like the line about why am I preaching to this choir, to this atheist? I thought mm-hmm. it was really, oh, yeah, like really interesting. Good. Um, but 
Yeah, just a really interesting instrumental. There's not really a ton that I've heard like it. And to, I, to be fair, I should put, put out there that I haven't really listened to much uh, R&B or alternative R&B or anything. This is my main exposure to that genre at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be interested to listen to more. So I'm not sure if there's more you can think of that kind of sounds like that. But. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure, I would definitely agree that, like, if you listen to other, I'm trying to, because I, in my head, I can't, like, think of exactly what it sounds like, but I definitely wrote down, like, because I know, because you said to you is kind of, like, dark and, um, I've, it's like, very intimate and honest, yeah. I guess. Um, because to me, like, I don't know, I guess this just shows, like, the way two people can hear something completely different. I mean, I don't yeah. think that it wasn't necessarily dark, but like what I wrote down was it has like super chill vibes to me because it's the kind of... I can of, see that. Yeah, it kind of ha- like it has a beat that I definitely vibe with um, and I can't think of any other like specific R&B songs off the top of my head but as far as like alternative R&B goes I think it really does fit in with like most alternative R&B music so like um, I guess I would say like the artist um, Black and it's spelled like the artist name is like it's black but it's F, it's the number six l-a-c-k i don't know if you've heard i think of i've it. heard of that yeah i don't i haven't listened to it but i've heard of that i think i think that would be like a good artist that would probably like a very like um typical like alternative r&b artist that has possibly similar to like this so yeah, yeah. um and then uh the the next track is probably my favorite on the whole album but uh white ferrari just this is another track that whenever i hear it it just kind of blows me away because it's just yeah and i think it it really has that um kind of goes back to that like nostalgic feel like ivy because it i don't know to me it definitely feels like you're cruising in a convertible or something especially with the um instrumental and the vocals too. As I said, like the vocals in this are really reminiscent of a lot of other like alternative R and B stuff that I like. So Yeah. Um and then another thing about this song that I wanna talk about is just kind of the the lyrics just being about uh driving around with this person. I I th- I'm assuming it's probably a dude that he's I don't know. With. I, I, I can't I don't know for sure, but I always thought of it like uh man. But just kind of um, kind of feeling like this person is not really putting as much into the relationship and not not really um, committed much to it and yeah. to go back to um, good guy a little bit just that feeling of um, let's see like there, there's a line about I think we're taller in other dimensions you you say we're small and not worth a mention and things okay. like that. Yeah. And that just yeah, hit him uh, Frank putting a lot more effort into the relationship than this other person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and just kind of feeling his relationship falling apart, but still kind of fe- like hiding that he feels like is falling apart, and trying to keep that to himself. And I like yeah, I like the line. I, it's probably towards the end. He says it's just a skull. At least that's what they call it, and we're free to roam. So it's kind of yeah. pretty like um giving up and just saying well we're you know we're out here just cruising even though it's not really like it it, kind of an empty feeling 
I guess. Yeah. Uh, and just a, a little detail with this one, but uh, this does uh, take a, a line, and I think perhaps some other elements. I'm not sure what all elements it takes from it, but uh, from a Beatles song, I'm trying to remember which song it is. It's from Revolver, I remember, but I don't quite remember. It's here, there. It's an interpolation of Here, There, and Everywhere by the Beatles. Um, particularly, like, I think the. I think I was listening to this song and I heard the line spending each day of the year. I was like, Hey, wait, wait a second. That's <laughs> yeah. That's where you got that. Um, and then, but yeah, this just, this song is just, it just blows me away whenever I hear it. This is easily one of my favorites on the album. Just, yeah. I, I just kind of have to, to I just walk. sit there a bit and just kind of think about things. <laughs> yeah, and, <I> like- <laughs> um it makes me well the it makes me think of that meme i've seen it a lot with the song nights like everyone puts the song nights on it but it's that um it's that like clip from arthur where i don't remember what the character's name it's was. the it's the binky or it's just yes. kind of <laughs> it's, it's like when are they gonna play the music or whatever and then it hits and he starts like floating up in the yeah space. i've seen people put like the nights transition on that yeah, yeah um but yeah i i really love that song and then uh the next song siegfried is also really great um, mm, yeah oh yeah i definitely uh, like this one a lot um like the echo um yeah. like combined with the imagery of the lyrics it's like i don't know it's like golden hour to me i love it yeah it, kind of the lyrics being about like he knows the relationship is falling apart, but he'd still mm-hmm. do anything for that person. And he still loves them and he still cares about them, even yeah, though the, he knows it's falling apart. Yeah. The line that hits me so hard at the end, he says, maybe have a good cry about you. Yeah. Like that line. Yeah. <laughs> that's like <laughs> kind of like uh it it feels like someone texting like each one of those little phrases like one after another separation (laughs) yeah i think that that might be like if i were to go through all the lyrics i might put that like in my top like three lyrics on this whole album because yeah it's it just hits you so hard and the the instrumental is really good too and i i wanted to talk about um do you have you listened to radiohead much at all um, just to, like some of their songs, not a lot. Okay, but. yeah, they're they're probably my favorite band, I think. And uh, I know the the guitarist for Radiohead, uh, Johnny Greenwood, arranged the strings for this song. And uh, something I also wanted to mention is um, the same year Radiohead released a Moonshaped Pool, which is one of my favorite albums by them. I like. I think I think is really underrated, but. It gives That's me kind cool. of a similar vibe to this album, just in terms, like, a lot of the time I'll listen to them one after another, just kind of the same, like, it's very chill, but also really, really sad at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, like, like not super heavy, but just kind of, you can relax, like, I could see both falling asleep to it and then also crying to it at the same time. <laughs> so they kind of have those in common, but... Um, that yeah. probably yeah that makes a lot of sense because I I'm not super familiar with Radiohead but when you said a moon shaped pool I knew because that I recognized that because I knew there was a song on that album that I is like one of my favorite Radiohead songs and I had to find yeah. it and it's True Love Waits True and Love I, Waits is so good I um, love the song True Love Waits 
it has it has like meaning for me personally just because yeah. i associate it with like a person in my life but it's just a good song period though yeah and uh, another song on a moonshape pool that reminds me a lot of this album is um if you've heard it glass eyes is the, that song is just kind of about like just walking into this he's just walking in a train station uh and just kind of hit like with i guess like an anxiety attack or something and just there's this very like this there's this piano throughout the song but it's also like very like reverby and it almost sounds like the notes are like spinning around and stuff it's just a gorgeous song and it reminds mm-hmm. me of some of the songs of this album as well uh but to to keep it focused on uh blonde to stop myself from going on a tangent <laughs> about shape will um something else this uh siegfried is also it contains a line from a fond farewell by Elliot Smith, specifically the, the, this is not my life. This is just a fond farewell to a friend, which is, I thought was really impactful. And I, I haven't listened much to Elliot Smith, but I know he's a really, really impactful yeah. songwriter for a lot of people. And uh, just kind of, yeah. Well, I don't know if you may know this or not, but I wrote this down Um, when I was looking at the lyrics on Genius, I mean, this may just be, this may not be official or not, but it has, like, the word Nirvana in it, but it's, like, the word Nirvana is capitalized, and so I didn't know if it was referring to the the band or not. That's something I know, and thank you for bringing that up, because he he mentions uh, Nirvana multiple times on this album. He he does it on in Siegfried definitely, and I think he mentions them on Future of Free. And there was another song where I'm pretty sure he mentions it may have been Nights. Yeah, it's it's Nights where he um want to see Nirvana but don't want to die. Yeah, yes, I think. yes, want to see Nirvana so, but don't want to die or something like that. That's so I I I can never quite tell if he was referring to the the Buddhist concept of Nirvana or the band Nirvana. Right, because it's, maybe it's capitalized in the lyrics for um for Siegfried, and that's what I was wondering because you yeah. can't really tell. Because like, usually when I think of just the experience of Nirvana, it's not like a capitalized word. So I was like, yeah. You can't really tell I, from the lyrics, but I just, I didn't I mean, know. He, and he, he does kind of refer to other musicians, like especially on Future of Free, mm-hmm, yeah. references to like um, uh, Tupac in particular, yeah. and then yes. uh, Selena. And so it wouldn't be out of the question to think that maybe he's referring to that, but I can't quite tell. Um, but uh, Godspeed is the next song. Uh, and I, that's another one that I really, really love. Just all, all the last few tracks of this album are just incredible. Just back to back. Yeah. Just kind of, I, I'm assuming these uh, white Ferrari, Siegfried and Godspeed all kind of feel like they're referring to the same person. I'm not quite sure they are, but just kind of like he, he realizes that the relationship isn't gonna isn't going anywhere and he just decides to break it off, but he still cares about that person deeply. Mm-hmm. Still uh, loves them and misses them even though he knows that it wouldn't work out. Well a lot like um, um like even good guy and um self control yeah. too. I don't know that self control I think was about someone else, but Yeah, but it has that the similar same. theme. Yeah. 
of no, like wanting to be with this person, but knowing it could never happen. Right. And just kind of having to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And it's, I think it's, yeah. Or what were you going to say? Oh, just that Godspeed to me, not, not nearly as much as, um, as, uh, the one I'm losing my place in my notes. The one that we were talking about that, um, is super cacophonous. Oh, pretty sweet. Pretty it, sweet. Yeah. It reminds me just a little bit of, of pretty sweet in the sense that to me, it, it starts out with like this kind of like eighties sound wave yeah. feel almost. And then it kind of becomes gospel almost. And then, um, the instrumental, like the tone of the instrumental doesn't really match like the yeah. lyrics because he's saying like ball so hard boys flex like this super like kind of ghetto like yeah stuff and to me it doesn't really match the tone of the instrumental and so i i mean i i'm assuming that was probably on purpose like i'm not criticizing that or saying that's a bad thing but i yeah. just think it's an interesting thing to know because as i said it reminds me of um of too sweet because or pretty sweet because it, um, yeah. of that like meshing of styles and I think this one, and I forgot to mention this for White Ferrari, but they kind of sound like there's uh, multiple different instrumentals that are kind of like going back and forth. Like one will be in there for a bit and then it transitions to another one, but it's not like other, like for prog rock songs or whatever, where you'll hear it like transition into very distinct sections. With this, it just kind of goes back and forth and is not really noticeable. And then you're just kind of like, hey, wait a second, that's different than it was before. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, it almost sounds like a different song, but it flows perfectly to the point where you don't even notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that Godspeed kind of does that as well. Uh, and then, so the, the last track is Future or Free, which um, it's kind of, I like I like the song but at the same time it feels a little anticlimactic if it makes sense. It's like Godspeed just feels like a final farewell or whatever to the album and then there's Future of Free where he's kind of it's a different tone I guess than the yeah. past few songs in the album. It's a less serious and less sad tone. But he's mm-hmm. kind of just more right. I guess like upbeat and talking about stuff as if he's not like just had his heart broken and stuff yeah i definitely yeah it definitely has a very it has a different tone i think but i also think sorry you're you're cutting out a bit hold on lyrics wise maybe not like tone wise but um because i I mean it has a lot of like kind of uh, metal lyrics in it like he says like oh well this is the last song like you could yeah. change this track now, could have changed it a long time ago. And yeah. it's like, it's a long, long song. So, um, yeah. and, and to me, like, well, and there's that kind of period of silence and then another song comes up. Like, I don't just know. The, I just the interviews. Yeah. Yeah. The hidden track thing, which makes me think of, um, I don't know if you like, you probably know, um, Coldplay's Ghost Stories album. Yes, yeah. Alright. I am a I am a or my username in her group chat right. is Coldplay State. That's, that. that's half a joke and half dead serious because uh Coldplay was, was a band I used to listen yeah. to a lot when I was younger and they've just kind of stuck with me. I love they, they were kind of my gateway into like Radiohead especially and then some mm-hmm. other bands, but some of their albums are still really, really um 
important to me. Uh, and I even like, and there's still the Frank Ocean connection because I, I haven't listened to all of Nostalgia Ultra, but I know the first two songs on those. The first one is a sample from Viva La Vida, or one of the songs of Viva La Vida. <laughs> is it almost as if he's rewinding a tape of it. And then the second song on there is him basically doing kind of like a cover, except he's doing different lyrics over Strawberry Swing from that album. Okay, cool. Yeah, Strawberry Swing. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is the kind of pause before it transitions into another song. There are a lot of albums I can think of where it has that hidden track. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of them, but that was just the one that I thought of because I really love Ghost Stories, so yeah. it made me think of that too. Because it's like, yeah, that kind of long period. Um, and to me, I don't know, I wrote down this song as like a documentary. I don't know why I said that. but um, yeah. And I, I don't know if you talked about um, Tyler the Crater. I definitely noticed yeah. Tyler the Crater in this. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's him. He's not credited, but it sounds yeah. exactly like him. It definitely like sounds voice. just like him, yeah. And I think, are they, are these, are the others people, um, different members of Odd Future, I guess? I'm not, I don't know a ton about Odd Future. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a little bit familiar with it, but I'm, I have to look at it and see, but yeah. But it, do, it does sound like a bunch of people who are just like friends, just kind of joking around and stuff. People have known each other for a long time and just kind of hang out and, <laughs> mess around and stuff just kind of talking to each other um this kind of has that vibe to it um and just people i guess like being asked different questions and just little snippets of uh uh people like talking to each other and like hey shut up shut up and that, <laughs> that kind of thing and yeah uh just kind of an interesting this kind of snippet of just him hanging out with friends i guess kind of to a certain mm, extent right yeah um and And i think that's yeah yeah. that's like a good again like with his whole album being like about growing up um and like you know having to like leave people behind or whatever or like growing up and growing out of people i think it's a good way of like saying that there there are friendships that you'll make and friendships that you'll retain like going forward like because i think the i the theme of friendship can be kind of like a childlike thing like you think of like childhood friendships or childlike friendships yeah Yeah. and you you can tell that like that it sounds like people who he had been friends with since he was like a teenager it's just that Mm -hmm. kind of vibe right right like yeah kind of like that video old video recording sound I yeah just, tell. A, just something like that be on youtube or something and just like you're mm-hmm. walking around with like a handheld camera just pointing right. at different people's like right. hey say something and, and tyler kind of does that a lot i've seen a lot of like youtube i don't know if yeah like, <laughs> he's a lot of stuff on youtube yeah just him. tyler the creator like him like filming well because his friendship with um asap rocky is hilarious i i haven't heard much about that but I've, I've seen the video of him like making waffles and stuff like that yeah well tyler <laughs> the creator is like almost like a comedian in his own right but he yeah. Yeah, i've seen a lot of like maybe it's on his instagram story or so i've just seen somewhere on the internet that a lot of like videos of tyler the creator um like with asap rocky because they're like best friends i guess and yeah. it's hilarious to see them there. i guess like i haven't listened much to tyler's early stuff but i've heard it's it's very like a lot of it's very crude and like yeah kind of it sounds like an edgy teenager wrote it to a right. certain extent yeah and it's kind of has that same vibe of like 
it's hanging it's out with a bunch of edgy teenagers, yeah. I it guess. Is, it is very edgy teenager, and at the same time, it has a lot of, like, to me, it's it's weird because it's, like, edgy and and crude, but at the same time, it has some sort, some sort of, like, it's very, like, fun and lighthearted at the same and time. Kind of ingenuine and authentic, yeah. too. Yeah. It just very say. much sounds like just a snapshot of someone's life just hanging out with people. Flower Boy is a really good album. Yeah, that or I I've always been partial to Igor myself, and I'm actually about to do uh, an um, an episode of this with someone about that album as well. And I kind of connected Blonde and Igor in my head to a certain extent, I guess because they're both friends and there are certain elements I feel like kind of connect the two. Like I mentioned at the beginning with the pitched vocals, mm-hmm, right? Like that. Yeah, that's definitely a unique. I think that's something that's unique to both of them that not a lot of other artists yeah. do. That, at least that I can think of. I'm sure there's others, yeah. but I when I think of the, that those kind of pitch vocals, I didn't really think of both Frank Ocean and um, Igor or, yeah. or and Tyler the Creator. Yeah, but he does it most often on Igor. I I does he do it at all on Flower Boy? I haven't really noticed it. If he does. I don't. I can't think of any okay. specifically. Yeah, so I think it probably is mostly Igor because I think Igor sounds different from Flower Boy in a lot yeah. of ways. Um. But yeah, so I guess I just want to have any final notes about this album. We kind of talked about the themes of like growing up and looking back on past relationships is a big theme of that. Um, and you see that on like, you say on uh, across different things like Ivy and Pink and White and even to a certain extent and like Future Free, like we just talked about. Yeah, um, I, yeah I think it definitely s- spreads across most, I mean, maybe not all of the songs, but most of them. I definitely yeah. think you can, as I said, especially with the, like, religious tones in a lot of the songs, too, I think definitely has, like, a, um, like, childhood feel. Because a lot of people will grow up, like, going to church and that kind of thing with their family and then maybe don't yeah, keep and they might doing that. Like, as an yeah. adult, but they, they keep it more as a, like, it's more of a memory like a good childhood memory or like a tradition that, to them that it is like something that you continue to do in the present. Yeah. And I, there's kind of the contrast of like going to church when he's younger and then presumably like later going out and smoking weed and right. like, uh, yeah. hooking up with people and things mm-hmm. like that. You can kind of tell like both when he's older and you can, you can definitely tell he, he did some of that when he was younger as well. Just kind of that contrast and, um, the on uh self-control the line about the you mentioned the little version where's the white i think that a a lot of this album kind of refers to the loss of innocence and that Mm -hmm. kind of plays into the contrast between uh be yourself and solo as well right right uh just kind of like just being wanting to be like this like perfect kid who's like upright and stuff and then that just not being the reality Right. Yeah. Everyone kind of grows up and grows past that stuff. They get maybe not necessarily doing drug use, but like. Well, and I guess maybe he's, of, yeah. he's trying to say like, well, because the the line that gets repeated and well, I mean, it's called "be yourself" because it's about be yourself. Like she's saying that you can be yourself without having to like give in to peer pressure and do drugs. Yeah. He's like, oh well, I can do drugs and be myself at the same yeah. time. Like I don't know. That's what I, if I were him, that's how I would feel. I'd be like, you know Rationalize what? it, yeah. If I want to do drugs, I can do drugs. <laughs> but it's not being myself, you know? Yeah. Um, let's see. 
And then uh, I wanted to talk about going forward. Presumably, uh, one would think he has an album coming out. Hopefully, sometime soonish. I have no idea, honestly. I don't know. Um, I don't it's, know. it's up in the air. I haven't listened to much of his new singles at all. But um, I mean, it's it's been four years since this album. Um, hopefully, he was supposed to do Coachella before that got delayed. Mm, was yeah. he? He was. Um, I don't remember. I, I think he might have. I don't know for sure if he was on the lineup, but because I I I really liked a lot of his. I really enjoyed um, his new singles like DHL when that came out I because that, that was one of those points where I was like oh my gosh I almost forgot that Tyler or um I almost forgot that Frank Ocean like existed and then yeah <laughs> came out, and it was like it's also so different from from Blonde yeah. in my opinion but I think DHL like the style of that um matches a lot of the other um like alternative R&B and hip-hop songs that I really like so I was glad that he came out with that because it reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, you're still out here, like, doing yeah. good things, you know? Yeah, but ho- hopefully we'll drop an album soon, we'll see. And then, uh, this is just kind of, this isn't really, like, super important, but um, I wanted to talk a bit about, I don't know if you collect vinyl at all. I uh, don't. You don't? Okay. I wish so I, I did. I don't, I don't have a ton of vinyl, but I'm interested in collecting more, so I, this this being like one of my new favorite albums that I just absolutely love. I looked it up to see if there was any vinyl on sale. And what I found out, apparently with this album, the, the album on vinyl, it was on sale for one day. And then they never sold it again. Really? And so copies of it go on sale for like $300 or something like that. And it's like a special like black and white cover as well. And they like there are bootlegs out there, but like... That's surprising with how um, yeah. popular this album was. So many people love it that I, I'm surprised yeah. they would take advantage of that. And yeah, like, I, and I, I, I wish they would. I really yeah. wish they would because this, <laughs> this would absolutely be something I'd have to love on vinyl. I, I just kind of had to accept that like it's, it's probably never going to happen, unfortunately. Right. But um, yeah. But... Yeah, so I think you have anything else you want to talk about with this album? Um, I don't think so. I think I tried to hit, as I said, I'm you definitely are way better at analyzing lyrics than I am because most of my notes are all like um sound stuff. So yeah, I think I think we did good. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining me. I had a great time talking about this with you. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything like that? Um, <laughs> uh, social media or anything? Yeah. Uh, you know, wash your hands, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Wash your times. hands. Uh, yeah. If if you're watching this from the future, this is during the whole uh, coronavirus thing. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Love wash me. your hands, stay inside, all that stuff. Um, and yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us on Liner Notes. I had a great time. Um, uh, hopefully, I'll upload new episodes soon. We'll see. This is my first time doing this uh, in this format. But yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, yeah. Bye.